Welcome to Bible study tonight. I'm excited to, to bring the word of God to you and uh, for our gathering again tonight. Uh, before I continue in um, our, 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 our topic, um, remember we are on water baptism, um, taking the teachings um, on water baptism, Colossians chapter one. Um, Talk with me there tonight, Colossians chapter one. I want to start from there as we quickly run through what the Lord will have in our heart for us tonight. Um, as we go on, Colossians chapter one, <clears throat> praise God. Um, I want to, you know, build up from this point um, why, we, why we study the word of God like this. Um, Jesus, um, while he was on earth, is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a center of the church. It's the center of the church. The reason the church is called the church is because Jesus is the head of the church. And, and in, in Christendom, um, we, have, we, have, we, have, we have a culture. We have, we have a, we have, uh, I'm careful to use the word tradition, but we have we have we have practices that Jesus laid and the apostles laid down for us, and then and then as we grow up in the things of God, we must begin to ask ourselves the questions as children of God: What are the things that Jesus laid down for us to follow? Amen. If if we're if we're if if we're, if we're the children of God then there are things in Christ that we will, will follow. And, um, and it's our duty as the church to learn those things, to, to learn the oracles, to learn the principles, to learn the precepts, to learn the injunctions. You know, that's what makes the church the church, and that's what gives the church life. And, and these principles, these oracles, these teachings are already in scripture. And then, and then, we can't, we can't, we can't say we are, we are, we are in the church or practicing Christianity if we are not practicing the things that Jesus said we should practice. Hallelujah tonight. But why is that very important? Let me show you why it's important um, from Colossians chapter one. I want to read verses 18 through 20. In fact, maybe I read from, from verse, verse 15. Now, Colossians 1, 15 through 20 is talking about the, the preeminence of Jesus in creation and the preeminence of Jesus over his church. You know, sometimes we, we don't know that, 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 that Jesus holds the preeminence over the church. That means without Jesus, there is no church. So when, 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 when a church is being run without Jesus, uh, being the, the, the central focus, it is not a church of Jesus. When a church is being run and Jesus is wrongly portrayed, when Jesus is not portrayed the way he should be portrayed in the scripture, then it is not the church. Hallelujah tonight. But the, but the question now is, how do you know Jesus that's been portrayed if you don't know him by the word? So when we shout the word, the word, the word is the reason so that we don't get deceived in these times that we are in. 
we get strengthened by the faith of Jesus. You see that tonight? So Jesus is, is central to the church. Without Jesus, there is no church. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So you must not be weary of Jesus because he is all that the church feeds and survives on. Hallelujah tonight. Praise God. Colossians chapter 1. I want to read from verse 15 through, through 20 and, and, and as, 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 as a foundation tonight. Because the days are coming and days are here when, when, when the people of God will strongly have to understand who Jesus is to survive the, the, the assaults of the devil in the world. For Jesus holds preeminence in, the, in creation and he also holds preeminence in the church. Let me read from verse 15 tonight of Colossians chapter 1. Hallelujah tonight. It says, it says, who, talking about Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Now hear this now. For by him were all things created. Praise God. So by him were all things created. What do you mean of all things? All things. All things, including Satan. You see that? So Satan is a creature of God. He's a creature of Christ. That is a things that are in heaven, that are in the earth, visible and what? Invisible. Wow. Whether the word thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by who? by Jesus and for him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So you see, demons and Satan, they are not running riot on their own. No, no, no. They are created for him. They are under the control of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 17, and he is before, who is that Jesus? He is before all things, and by him all things consist. Hallelujah. Verse 18, and, 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 and note that in verse in, from 15 through, through 16, is, is showing Jesus the, the, the preeminent one in what? In creation. But 18 to 20 is showing Jesus the preeminent one what, over the church. Over the church. He's the one that has the instruction, the working manual for the church. 18 says, and he is the head of the body. What body? His body. The church. I love that. So Jesus is the head of the church. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether there be things in earth or things in heaven. Now, I love this. This is, this is so instructive here. But the first line in 18 says, and he is the head of the body the church that means the church has a head the church has 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 a builder has a ruler has an instructor praise god has a leader 
We are not running on our own. We're, it's not a freelance. It, it's not an all-commerce game. It's not what anybody wants. It's not, it's not just as, as the set man wants. No, if it's the church of Jesus, then Jesus himself is worth behead. And he has given us instructions on how the church should be run. But tonight I'm saying this from, from my heart so that you understand the, the validity and the and the weight of words of, 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 of the church of Jesus. The church of Jesus is not an all-commerce game. Jesus is the head of his church. You can't run the church church on your own principle. I can't run it on my principle. We can't run it the way we think we should. You see, it's not a thing where we deliberate. How do we run it? No. It's a thing that we've met on ground. Praise God. The foundation has been set. Praise God tonight. So hear me tonight in church. It's not how you feel or how you've been taught. No, it's not about that. It's about what has been what? Set. There's a head. Before we came on the scene, the church had been birthed by Christ. So we, we so we are here to, to conform. We are conformers to existing protocol. Hallelujah tonight. And um, I, I and, and one of the things that, that I want us to look at as we go in in a study of baptism is 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 is. What, what, what is the position of Jesus on this? Praise God. So it doesn't matter how men feel. If Jesus said it's important, then it is important. Hallelujah tonight. Before I, I go on tonight, let me just run through a few things that, 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 that I wrote down as we continue from where we stopped um, in the last teaching. You know, someone sent me a message, uh, a song, uh, and I love the song, Jesus Only is our message. You see, baptism is important, one, because Jesus was baptized. You know, some folks, never they've never also heard baptism, but baptism in the early church is very, is, 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 is an important right, and that right means R-I-T-E, in the process of, 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 of salvation. No one in the early church toyed with baptism, water baptism. And so we also, we must, because it's, it's a thing that, that must not die. It can't, because it's scripture and Jesus taught it. Now, do you know that Jesus was baptized himself? Just pointing to that because I will build on these things as we make progress. Jesus baptized, actually. You see, he was baptized and he also baptized people. Yeah, I said that with you. John 3, 21 and 4, 1. Jesus was supervising his disciples baptizing people. So Jesus actually uh, um, authorized baptism by, by supervising it himself. Jesus commanded those who believe in him to be baptized. So there's something significant about it in the order of, of salvation. 
that, that, that we cannot of our own now remove and think it's okay. So as much as it lies in our power, we must teach this and practice it. He commanded people that believe to be baptized, Mark 16, Matthew 28. You see, Jesus actually traveled up to 65 kilometers to his baptism. That means it wasn't a thing that was convenient. It wasn't done in his convenience. It wasn't done where he was. He, he had to move to a place where there was water and where the baptizer was baptizing because of the importance of baptism to him. I said, all right, this, this evening to set the, 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 the pace. Because in our day, we become so liberal and so modern that we are, we, are, we are trying to modernize the faith. No, the faith is not meant to be modernized. The faith is meant to be followed. Praise God. For no other foundation can be laid beyond that which will be laid. Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And so uh, we're continuing tonight on the teaching of baptism. And, and I'm going to a place of the, of the significance, actually, but I want to take it a little, a little bit um, yeah, um, stepwise so that you know. Why do you need to know this so you, so you know the things that have been evidently presented to you? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You must know how you are redeemed. You must know the, 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 the rights through which you are redeemed so that your your, your faith can be totally established in the truth of scripture. Because in your Christian work, Jesus has to be clearly set forth as crucified before you. And so I, I began in, in, in the last teaching by, 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 by showing us some things in, in Ephesians 4 from verse 1 through 6. Um, um, the, the thing commonly believed in the early church, they believe in one body, you know, Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, they believe in one spirit, they believed in one hope, they believed in one Lord, they believed in one faith, they believed in one baptism, they believed also in one God. Thank God for the first things. Thank God for, for Jesus being the firstborn from the dead. Thank God for the things set for us that we might, we might have a, a, a point of reference. So the early church believed in one body. Amen. They knew it wasn't two. It wasn't three. In one spirit, like I showed in the last class, in one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God. So I say amen tonight. And this is what we also must believe in today if we are going to be following the faith of Jesus. The faith of Jesus has been handed down to us and it's not ambiguous and it's clearly evident to us in the pages of the Holy Writ. And as we continue this evening, I want us to carefully um, 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 examine, you know, just rehashing again what we discussed last time, examine the doctrine of water baptism with the view of understanding its significance, that's important, and its necessity for the church today. 
What does this ordinance, this 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 tradition, uh, um, what, what does it mean? What 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 is import for us? How does it affect our salvation? What 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 does it do? What, what does it do to our mind, to our belief? Amen. What does it contribute? You see that is something we, we have to know. Why did Jesus emphasize it that we must do it? In fact, there are two major ordinances that, that Jesus promulgated while he was on earth. And I will touch the second one shortly to an if time permits us. But let me run tonight. We also look at, at, at what about baptism um, 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 is, 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 is it relevant to us today or is it a thing of old? Now, for what I've said, you know it's not a thing of old, it's relevant because Jesus clearly taught it and commanded the disciples to continue to do it. So every true believer who is born again must desire to be baptized if you love Jesus and love the word and you are truly his. Glory to God. What is the mode of baptism that the Bible, you know, you know that, that, that we see Jesus go through? Can someone baptize himself or herself? Who administers water baptism? What is the procedure for baptism? Can we examine and explore what are baptism in the Old Testament and the New Testament? There are things I want us to note as we study in this, in the general scope of baptism. And our working scripture through all this is Hebrews 6 verse 2. But as I build up tonight, I, I will be rehashing again a few things I've said, but, but I, will, I will build on it going forward. Hebrews 6 verse 2, talk with me to everybody tonight. Hebrews 6 verse 2. Hebrews 6 verse 2. It says of the doctrine of baptisms. Now you see the word baptism there is in, is in plural. That means there's more than one baptism, just like there's more than one gift of healing. He says, and, 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 and the gifts of healing. First Corinthians 12. So that means there are different kinds of gifts of healings. But 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 I'm going there tonight. I'm, 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 I'm narrowing down on this. He says, he said, the doctrine of what? Of baptisms. Hallelujah. You notice in, in, in verse one, he didn't say the doctrine of 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 laying or, or, or the doctrines of laying of hands. No, it's just one. But on baptism is multiple. So there are more than one doctrine, or there are more than one kind of baptism. But for the purpose of our study tonight, we're going to be looking at uh, um, or, or in, in this in this in this teaching, three kinds of baptism. We'll look at the water baptism the Holy Spirit baptism, and the baptism of or with fire. I'm going to show you all this tonight by precept in scripture. Now, 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 to you, we, we, we must take the words of Jesus serious. We must take the words of Jesus. You see, you see, Christian, and brethren needs to understand that, that, that their, their lives is hinged on the words of Jesus. Our life is hinged on his words. 
For every scripture actually is the words of Jesus because they were they, 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 they are God's breath. We can't, we can we can be true, we can't be true believers outside the word. And so every word of Jesus is 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 is, is, is worthy of, of, of examining, learning for the purpose of what doing. So to, to proceed on this teaching tonight, let's let's let, let's start from, from, from Matthew chapter three. Um, 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 and in, 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 in Matthew 3, Jesus was talking about, um, 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 John the Baptist was talking about a few things about Jesus, and then, and then, and then we, we, we will build from there. Let me read tonight from Matthew chapter 3. We'll read from verse 5 through verse 12. These are important things for us to read. You know, one of the things that, 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 that amazes me is that, do you know that when Noah preached in his days, he preached for, 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 for a very long time about the coming judgment of God, but people didn't believe him until the day that the judgment began. You know, it should be, it should be, There'll be no excuse for us not to believe the words of Jesus until the day the judgment will begin. You see, human beings are the same in every generation. Bible says, on, uh, on the day that the, that, that the flood came, men were what? Were eating and drinking and giving to marriage and enjoying and traveling and moving until the day that the flood came. They didn't believe what Noah said. In fact, none believed. Except himself, his wife, his sons, and his sons' wives. If those ones came by grace, himself was saved by grace. No one like Jesus Christ said, when I come back on earth, will I find faith again? If the days were not shortened, even the elect. So we must come to a point where we must be serious and know that this is this is critical, this is important, this is this is the heartbeat of the faith. It's a matter of life and death. We must understand that. We must begin to look in the lines of what Jesus said and know the tendencies of man. Man will not change. Man don't want to be accused. Man don't want, man wants freedom. Man wants to do what he think is right. He said the time came when men began to do what seemed right to them. That's the nature of man. Man wants convenience. But Jesus came that we may have life and has given us the, 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 the roadmap of what our expectation should be on this earth and how we should comport ourselves and how we should 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 walk and move in him. So the words of Jesus are, are important, the words of scriptures are important for us to look at critically, not glossing through it. Because people glossed the words of Noah. They, they took it for, for, for granted. They didn't believe him. They mocked him. Just like men will mock the word today. In fact, sometimes, just like even Christians will mock the truth of God's word. They'll say, mm, he's just an extremist. He's just, he's, 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 he's trying to, 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 to feel that he's the only one that knows the word. What, 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 what does he know? That's, that's the same way of mocking. Matthew 3 tonight from verse 5. I read. Then went out to him 
Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan confessing their sins. Verse 7 of Matthew 3. But when he saw the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O ye generation of vipers, who had warned you to flee from the wrath to come. You see that? Now from that point, John began to tell them, there's, there's, there's a time when the wrath of God is coming. Just like Noah warned that the earth shall be destroyed at a point. And, 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 and God is giving a way of escape by the earth. And anyone who will come in repentance in the earth, the Lord Saying, but no one believed. But see, he was sending them here. All the Pharisees, and notice that the Pharisees were the religious folks. He called them the generation of vipers. How can those preaching in the synagogue be vipers? Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? So John is saying here first, there's what? There's a day of wrath. Bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance and think not to say within yourselves, verse 9, we have Abraham to be to, to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham, verse 10. And now also the ask is laid under the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into work into fire notice we're now into fire so so there's an ask that is laid on a tree and any tree that does not bring forth righteous fruit any tree that is not in coming to repentance shall be axed down but not just axed down but be cast into work fire you see so i'm taking this point as we make progress to understand the baptism of fire that john will soon mention in the next verses so fire is coming. There's a day of wrath of God. Verse 11. And uh, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with or in the, the Holy Ghost and with fire. You see that now? So the one coming after John the Baptist is Jesus Christ. He is the one that will baptize everyone with the Holy Spirit and then with also fire. But now I'm, 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 I'm letting emphasis on the fire baptism. Because he just mentioned fire again as a tool of word of judgment. For those who don't believe, he said they will be cut down and it, they will not be cut down, they will be cast into fire. Verse 12, who's now notice now in, in, in his hands is his fan, and, and, and he shall totally purge his floor and gather his wheat into the gunner, but he shall what? He shall what? Who shall burn Jesus himself? Who shall burn the Messiah? He shall burn up the child with what? Unquenchable fire. So there's there's an unquenchable fire coming. You know, a few days ago I was talking to to Brother Manuel, and then he was telling me of a, of, of, of a, of a findings um, um, that, that he came across online about the, 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 uh, the vulnerability of the earth uh, um, on, some, on, some, on some fire, um, some, some heat in, in the atmosphere. 
These things are actually true. They will come to pass. In fact, Peter mentioned these things as, as, as I mentioned. So I want us to know that, that there's something called the baptism of fire, and it's the fire of judgment. And it's going to come to pass just like Noah shouted until the very day came. But for us who are saved, we'll be redeemed from that judgment. Hallelujah tonight. Praise God. But it's good that you know there's a fire coming, but the fire is not meant for you anymore because you put your faith in Jesus. This is what makes you different from the world. Amen tonight. If there's one thing that makes us different from the world, if there's one thing that makes us rejoice in coming to church, becoming a member of the body of Christ, is that we've escaped the snare of the fallen. We've escaped the wrath of God. We've escaped the judgment of God. Folks, we have escaped the fire. We've escaped the judgment. And that's what makes a difference in our lives. Praise God. Now, as Samus will say, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth thy iniquities? You see that? Bless the Lord because our sins are forgiven. He said, bless the one who the Lord will not impute sin on. Hallelujah. There's blessing in the one that God is not imputing sin. But praise God. God has removed our sin and imputed unto us the righteousness of Christ. Amen. On the last day, it's only the believers that will escape this rule. And this is what, this is what makes the difference in the church. Praise God. This is all. In fact, this is it. The escape is it. Hallelujah. Very important for us to understand. Because in the light of this reality, every other thing on earth that seemed to be, that, 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 that seemed not to be aligning the way we want to align, will pale in the light of this eternal blessing that we have in God. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his soul? For what can a man make an eternal soul? Mark 8, verse 36 and 37. So for the Christian, for the church, our our reality, you see, our 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 I don't know what to use now. Our 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 utmost hope of rejoicing is in the fact that we have escaped from the wrath of God. Amen. And that is enough for us. Amen. Something tonight said, as having escaped the wrath to come is sufficient for me to thank God. And serve him all the rest of my life. Hallelujah. So we see here that the 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 the, the baptism of fire is a baptism of judgment. Now let me put it on tonight if I can make some progress, but 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 I want us all to understand this. 
Because in the years to come, there could be pressure and persecution and, and challenges. But let those things not trouble your heart. Hallelujah. Let the understanding that you've escaped all these things can only touch the body, but it can't touch your soul. It can't touch your mind. It can't touch your spirit. Your soul has escaped. You are just waiting for, for, for a time when you'll be, you'll be transformed into glory. John 1, 14 says, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. I don't care what the world is saying. I don't care what the mission is saying. But I said to the child of God, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, Jesus said, and also in me, for in my father's house are many mansions. If I don't so, I now told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am there, you may also be. The church has escaped the judgment. When Paul says, if in this world alone we have hope, then we have all men most miserable. Now, sometimes we forget this is a, this is the main point. You see, if, if you are giving a summary of Christianity and I ask you, what's the answer? This is the answer. We have escaped. Hallelujah. Now, some interpret this fire as a symbol of the Holy Spirit as the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. Bible says in Acts 2, they appeared upon every one of them, cloven tongues as of fire was seen when the Holy Ghost was poured out. Also, some who said, well, that, 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 that is, is that it, it, it's as a fire that appeared to Moses and all and all. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with this, all right? But, but, but in the light of this scripture, it is not so much about the tongues of fire, it's about the judgment of God. From the context, from the, from the context of the scripture, we see the fire as God's day of judgment. John's audience consists of people who were baptized as a result of the belief in the coming of Christ, while others did not believe in his message. To those who believe, salvation to those who don't. But to those who hear the word and, and heard it in their hearts, you see, you see, the, 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 and, 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 and not believe, it culminates in the wrath of God. What then should be our attitude toward the unsaved? Because for everyone who is not saved, the ass is laid on their roots. Do you know tonight there's no ass on your roots? Hallelujah. There's no ass on your roots. If only the Lord will open your eyes to see the spirit, you'll see that there are ass on people's roots. But on you, the child of God, there is no ask on your root. But what's the attitude towards your, toward your seed? We pray for them and preach to them. Let them know there's a day of wrath. There's a day of judgment. And it's imminent and it's coming. You see, it is through preaching that the harvest is made. When we cast the nets, when we share the truth, yeah, will they believe it is not for you to know? Will they agree it's not for you to know? 
But our responsibility is what is to cast the nets. Just that Jesus gave a parable of the nets. All right. In Luke 9 and Luke 10, we read that Jesus sent out the 12 and he sent out also the 70 also. What for? To go and preach and bring in the harvest. We see in John 4, he says the harvest is plenty. We see in, in, in Luke 9 and 10, he says the, the harvest is white already. So our attitude toward the unsaved should be to pray for them and preach. Romans 1 verse 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for is the power of God unto salvation to all that believeth. Romans 10, tonight, please talk me there. Romans 10, I'm going to read from verse four, from 13 through 17 quickly. Romans 10, from verse 13. Why am I saying this tonight? We must preach because there's a wrath. There's a baptism of fire. It's going to come. It will come upon the earth at its fullness of time. But what do we do? What should be our attitude? Our attitude should be praying for the unsaved, that their eyes may be opened, and preaching the right gospel that they may put their faith in Christ and his redemptive blood. Acts, sorry, Romans chapter 10. Let's read together from verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without the preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who had believed our report, so then faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah tonight. You see that not all will believe, but yet all should hear. And who holds the duty of proclamation? We do. Hallelujah tonight. So we have a responsibility to our world to not just preach the gospel, but live the gospel to our lives. We must herald it the right way, however. Not, not telling people to, to, to come for a blessing, but before you can come and be blessed, you must first give your life to Jesus. No, that is not the gospel. The gospel is preaching Jesus. First Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. That's the gospel. Paul said, for this is the gospel that I preached to you when I came to you except you believe in vain. How that Christ by the gospel came and died. How that he was buried. How, and how that he rose again and he was seen. Praise God. So the gospel is Christ dying, Christ being buried, and Christ rise up again from the dead. If anyone can put his trust, his faith in what Jesus had done, he shall be saved. And this is a of the world, and anyone that doesn't believe this world will fall into the judgment of God. Amen. Tonight, you know, in the last class, I I I I showed a few scriptures that points as uh, to fire as God's judgment, and I will return a few here tonight as I begin to to. So prepare to wind down. Now, the first that, 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 that I want to raise, you know, a, a few scriptures to note in showing fire as judgment um, include, but not limited to the following. 
All right, a few scriptures. I'm going to read tonight. Amos chapter 1, verse 4. Please write it down if you can. Amos 1, verse 4. It says, But I will send a fire into the house of Hazael, which shall devour the palaces of Ben Hadad. Now, God giving judgment. Amos 1, verse 7. But I will send a fire on the wall of Gaza, which shall devour the palaces. You see, the word fire always shows what, what judgment. You see, you see, it's the consumption and, and destruction at, at, at at the full of time, so so there shows fire to do this. Amos 1, verse 10. It says, But I will send a fire on the wall of Tyros, which shall devour its palaces thereof. Amos 1, verse 12. But I will send a fire upon Teman, which shall devour the palaces of Bozram. Amos 2, verse 2, Amos 2, verse, verse, verse 5. All these scriptures shows us that fire is a type of God's judgment. So the baptism of fire means the baptism of God's judgment. And it's coming on the unbeliever. That's why we mustn't be comfortable. We mustn't behave as though there is nothing at stake when men are not yet saved. We must pray. We must evangelize. We must do our best in the ambit of the power that God has given to us to reach out to souls, genuinely not wolfing down the gospel, not luring them without the word, not giving them false hope and false assurances, but making sure by the power of God that they are saved by the word and they follow all the process of redemption so they can partake in the blessings of God and escape the wrath to come. escape the wrath to come. There is, no, there is no gift you can give to anyone that is beyond preaching to the lost person. Amen. There's no gift. There's no, there's no, there's no honor you can give to anyone beyond your, your extending the, the, the truth of Jesus. But now, the accepting and believing on it now is left to them. But you have a responsibility in God to share the truth and invite them and snatch them from hell and snatch them from, from destruction. Snatch them from a place where they're going wrong and bring them to a place where they can abide in the rest and the truth of God's word. Apostle Peter explained some things to us. And notice if anyone was close to Jesus, it was, it was Peter. Among the, the, the 12, there was a three. Among the three, there was Peter. And then there was John, there was James. Peter was very vocal. And, 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 and he said a few things that we should pay attention to as relating to the judgment of God upon the unsaved. Now, I'm saying all this to let you know, one, we have escaped this, but what should be our attitude towards those who have, who have escaped or those who are somewhere where you know, you know they are not being fed with the truth. You know, before I go in there tonight, you see this woman just said in Luke 14, when the harvest was, was when the banquet was set, he says, go and call those I've invited. He said, no one was there. He said, go to the highway. He says, compel. You see, there are people, there are people that need to be compelled to live where they are. 
compelled. In fact, forcefully, literally, that what Jesus said. Why? Because of the dangers of hell. Because of the horror of the wrath of God. For who will abide in the day of God's wrath? Who will stand in the day of God's judgment? No one will stand. In fact, the heaven and earth will flee away from that day. The day will be a terrible time. But the only thing that brings men out of that is Jesus and the word. And that responsibility is in place in us. Second Peter to the one. Peter explains how the baptism of fire will come upon the earth at the fullness of time. Man may deny or object or even ignore and despise this. It really doesn't matter. At its time, nothing will stop it. Nothing stopped the flood at its full time. When the day of the flood came, the Bible says the fountain of the deep burst forth open and the firmament opened and released its water and the whole earth was fully baptized. You see that? The whole earth was fully immersed. Baptized and immersed in the wrath of God's judgment. So no soul escaped. No human being escaped. No one who has heard, no one who has, who has been corrupted with the, with the corruption of that age escaped. They were all baptized into the children of God. They were baptized with fire, but in this case, with water. You see that? So no, no, no matter how long men ignore this judgment to come in this time, so shall the baptism of fire be. This is what the Holy Spirit said through the mouth of Apostle Peter. I will read from verse 1 tonight. Sorry, from verse, from, from verse 1 of Second Peter through verse 12. And then I will close tonight. church tonight are you hearing that we should be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us the word no told me that please tell me this so you can read with me second peter chapter one i'll read from verse one through verse 13 second peter chapter one verses one through 13 Hallelujah. Are we there? Okay. Second Peter. Uh, I think let me just quickly confirm that. Second Peter. Chapter number. Okay. Just a moment. Thank you, Lord. Chapter three, rather. Second chapter three. Sorry about that. All right. Second Peter chapter three, from verse one through thirteen. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds. 
by the way of remembrance, that ye be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord Jesus. See that? Knowing this first, that they shall come in the last days scoffers, working after their own lusts, verse 4, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in water, that is baptizing it. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed by water perished. But the heaven and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto words. You see the word there? Reserved unto the same baptism, but now of fire. In the old, it was, it was of water, but now it's of fire, of, of fire against the word, the day of what? His judgment. And the perdition of what? Ungodly men. What makes men ungodly? When they reject God. For beloved, be not ignorant. Let them willingly ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering towards word, not willing that any should perish, but all should come toward to repentance. But a day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise and all the elements shall melt with fervent words, heat as fire, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be what? Burnt up. You see, this is fire and this is the judgment or what? The baptism that John spoke about. That he that's coming will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and those that reject him with fire. Verse 11. Seeing then that all by anything because of the things happening. For all these things shall be born up. Verse 12. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. I'm going to close here tonight. But it says here, he shall melt with fire. I don't want you to hear this like those in the days of Noah. Why? Because your hearts are renewed. I want this to prick something in your heart tonight. I want this to set some things in motion in your heart tonight. What, what, what are you going to do with the word you just heard? Yes, you have escaped that, that wrath to come. But there are many others who are yet in judgment. How do we rescue them? by the gospel. 
read in Romans. The way you do that is by preaching. Preaching the truth, not the compromised message. That men might put their faith in Christ. Preaching Jesus alone. Not preaching money. Not preaching acceptance. Not preaching, not preaching marriage. Not preaching anything but Jesus. Because Jesus is the only, is, 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 is the only means by which men can escape the wrath. This baptism is coming. It's called the baptism of fire, of the wrath, and, the, and, 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 and of God's judgment. It shall come. Just as it came in the days of Noah. That in, 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 in that day, men didn't give attention to it. They were doing things that seemed right to them. But before the very eyes, it came. What ought we all to do? I close that with this scripture of 1 Corinthians. Chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. And I, brethren, when I came to you, Paul said, I came not with the excellency of speech of wisdom, declared unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him what? That's all. Why is only this that saves men in the church? Verse 3, and I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not. Now, see what? I was with you in weakness and in much fear and in much trembling. That means, that means, that means, that means, that means, it's not, there's, there's not so much about the power of the manifestation of God in that sense. You see, those things at the point will, will mean nothing except men are saved. It's, I was with you in weakness and in much fear and trembling. So, it, so salvation is not, it's not about how, how a man shows the power of God, how he shows miracles. No, those things don't save. What saves is Jesus alone and the preaching of the truth of Jesus that men may put their faith in the blood and the atoning grace of God. We owe men that duty. We owe men to tell them the truth. We owe men the, 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 the gift of Jesus. We owe it to men because God has committed that ministry unto us. And my speech and my preaching was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that the faith of men should not stand in man's wisdom, but in the power of God. We owe it to men, folks, to show the truth and preach the truth. We don't save. We can't save. We didn't save ourselves. We can't save others. But we can preach the word of life that saves. And that word is in our lips. Paul said in Romans 10, he said, who said to, to who he was sent to heaven to bring that or, or, or go down to bring up it? He said, But the word is nearly even in the heart and in the mouth, the word of faith that we preach. The word of faith is in our mouth that God has chosen and God has given his son as an atonement. God has called 
And God has, has, has regenerated. And God has given us faith to believe. He has justified us and sanctified us. He has given us his Holy Spirit. And we're baptized in water. And we're expected to keep believing until, until we see him. Man must hear that the provision for redemption is been made already in Christ. But every man must put his faith in him. We owe our generation the truth. And David, after he served his generation by the will of God, slept. For we shall all sleep. It means die. We will all die sometime, someday soon. But will it be said about us? We have served God in this generation. Let us pray. But I will thank you tonight. The word is always blessed. Thank you because your word changes men. Let your word, Lord, walk in our hearts today. Let it well of compassion in our hearts towards the saved. That we might spread your truth. I'll be concerned about your truth. I'll be concerned about men coming to the kingdom. Men being rescued. By the preaching of the truth of the gospel. Cause the word of faith which is in our mouth to come forth in power. God help us to see that the escape of judgment is the highest miracle that we can ever ask of you. Thank you, Lord, because you gave it to us even when we don't deserve it. Because in your own eternal purpose and plan, Chosen to redeem us in love. We thank you because, Lord, you keep us in your will. We keep looking at you, O God. We keep looking at Jesus. We are conscious of him. We are mindful of him. And we're working in him daily. Thank you, Father. I pray to like all my listeners. Lord, if there be anything, Lord, bothering the heart of your children, thank you, Lord, because I know you know, and Lord, you attend to them all. If there be any challenge you're facing, Lord, I know you know, give them strength to go through it. Lord, help them stand in you, perfect and complete, in all your will. Thank you, our precious Father. Praise and glory tonight. All pray with thanksgiving. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you, folks. God bless you all. We'll see you again on Thursday by the grace of God. Continuing in our study of the word. Good night and God bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen.